Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 162. Are you ready for it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then, join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. Yo, what is going on, all you unstoppable restaurant professionals? This is your host, Eric Cacciatore, and I can't wait to hit play. But before I do, I have to remind you that in order to earn, you need to learn. And it's never been easier to absorb information today because of the incredible amount of resources. One in particular is Audible. Audible has a whole list of great books that can help you be just a little bit more unstoppable in your restaurants. Please help support Restaurant Unstoppable by going to audibletrial.com slash unstoppable to get a free audiobook today. If you use that link, I will get $15, and that will go towards making sure I can put out two to three episodes a week, because as you know, this podcast, this resource is free to you, and the only way I can continue to do it is by you using my links, and this is a win-win situation. If you don't like listening to audiobooks, just cancel your membership. The first book, like I said, is on us, so you owe it to yourself. Try it out. Learn absorb this information, surround yourself with those who can give you the advice to be unstoppable. All right, that's all I have. I will hit play now. We have a great one for you. Please do enjoy it. Here it is. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Christine Rook. Christine, are you feeling unstoppable today? Incredibly unstoppable. (laughs) Yes, Christine has spent more than a quarter century in the restaurant industry and is the brains behind Fresh Time Eatery. Fresh Time Eatery was inspired by Christine's own experience living with uh, celiac disease and multiple sclerosis. She wanted to make a difference by providing real nourishing food to improve the health of her guests because she knows firsthand that food can be medicine. Christine, this is just a huge aerial view of who you are and what you're all about and what drives you. I can't wait to learn more, but before we dive into what makes you so successful, we got to get that inspirational, motivational ball rolling with a success quote. What do you have for us today? I love Simon Sinek. People don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. Yeah, it looks like we had a little bit of an audio issue there, and I want to make sure you got the quote, and that quote was, people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. All right, back to the show. Pardon the interruption. Oh my God, you are—you have no idea how happy I am that you are quoting Simon Sinek right now. I just read his book for like the third time on our, I should say, listen to his book, Start With Why. And yeah, so inspiring. I, my goal with this episode, Christine, honestly, honest to God, was to make an example of you because of that. Oh, thanks. Because yeah, that really drives everything I do. Oh my God. And, and I'm sure we'll dive into how important it is to start with why and why your why is so special. Um, but before we get there, let's start talking about you and when you just knew this industry was going to be more than just a job for you, more than just a hosting job. But like, when did you know it was going to be your career? What was the moment where it just all clipped and made sense? Well, I've been cooking my entire life, driving my mother crazy with like wanting her to buy me super weird things like artichokes in the seventies and things like that. And it wasn't until my first 
restaurant job, I was a hostess and I was a hostess at this very busy, very hip, uh, restaurant in Scottsdale, Arizona. And it was a hostess and it was my first night and my feet were so, so tired. I was exhausted. I was like 19 years old and Tom Weissmuller, the owner invited me to sit at the bar and Everyone was tipping me out because I also bust tables and I was tipped out as a hostess there. And he poured me a glass of red wine and it was like midnight or one in the morning. And I could not believe how exhausted I was. And I could not believe how in love with the business I was. I, I knew that night drinking a glass of red wine, getting tipped out. I was like, this is it. I, I'm, I'm never, I'm never going to do anything else. Christine. And like we said, it's so important to start with why. So I have to ask you, why did you love being a host? What was it about that experience? That first experience, what did it for you? I think that I am by nature, a really service oriented person. Um, and I just loved everything. I loved the food. I loved the people. I loved how happy people were when they ate good food. I loved the camaraderie of, and the teamwork of all these people pulling together to execute something and everybody doing something different, but it all culminates in this one experience. And I loved the energy. I just, I loved every aspect of it. Oh, wow. I love it. Those are so many of the same reasons why I love my favorite job in the, in the industry is being a host. If I could do any job, it would be the host, the, the maitre d', whatever you want to call it. I'd love just making sure people's needs are being met and making sure there's happy faces in the dining room and just being that first face that sets the standard. So I totally resonate with what you're saying, especially with the, the teamwork, too, that whole aspect of working in that host position and seeing all the different moving parts. It's really a lot going on. So I totally love what you're saying and resonate with what you're saying. It's great stuff. I have to ask you now, if you could just narrow it down, Christine, to just like a couple it factors, one or two habits, characteristics that you have that make you so successful. Oh, well, uh, I think like having a vision, <laughs> having a vision that's greater than yourself and always working every day towards that vision and never, ever giving up. Um, and always staying true to your vision. I always, I also feel like for me, I love to grow and I love to learn. And I feel like you can't grow and learn unless you admit your mistakes. And, um, so I think all of those things are really important. Mm, I love it. And you're talking about your, your vision. Um, and how important is it, do you think to like wake up every day with that definite purpose in life? To me, it's everything. I mean, it guides my health. It guides all my life choices. It guides every day in the restaurant. I think in, in the restaurant industry and you're trying to set yourself apart, staying true to your vision, um, is absolutely crucial. Mm. And I didn't really give you a good enough chance, Christine, to explain your story about how you got to where you are today with your restaurant, uh, Fresh Time Eatery. So how is your restaurant a part of your vision and your purpose in life? Well, I thank you for asking. I've, I've definitely wanted to own a restaurant since I was in my early 20s and, and just really have spent my entire career working towards this, this ultimate goal and just being really prepared. I started in operations after the hostess and when I realized that this is what I wanted to do. I became a very, very good operator. I love operations. And then I started cooking more and chefing more and teaching, a lot of teaching. And then in 2006, I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis and, um, and celiac disease at the same time, 
which is sort of crazy, but at the same time, not really, because I'd always had this separate passion for health and wellness. Mm. And, and it seems sort of separate uh, in the 90s to think of food in restaurants and health and wellness without sounding too out there. And so it's just a great opportunity for me to merge two big passions in my life. Then I started uh, teaching holistic nutrition and culinary arts at a culinary school, and I headed the culinary department for five years. And I had a private practice um, consulting with people who were trying to transition their diets, and it really worked for me. I only treat um, MS, um, holistically, naturally through food. And I've seen so many people just have incredible wellness, um, by changing their food habits. But I also really hate this idea that if you have food allergies or food sensitivities, or you follow a particular type of, of diet for whatever reason that you don't like food, that you can't be a foodie, that, that you must not enjoy delicious food. And that drove me crazy. So I decided it was was time to open the restaurant. Mm. And I love, I love, just love the story of how like everything you were doing in your life was working towards that mission of who you are to have that vision of having that clarity of what your purpose is to help people who are in the same situation you are with food and how food can be medicine, all these great things. And I mean, I can't help but think of Napoleon Hill's words with like just living intentionally and having your goals, your visions, waking up every day and making a part of everything you do in your life to work towards trying to get someplace. I wouldn't be surprised if you're somebody who's familiar with his work. Are you? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But I hear that with you because I mean, it just seems like everything you you do is just a working towards that goal of just growing professionally and to like help others. Am I off by saying that? (laughs) No, I, it's really, I, I'm kind of obsessed with it. It's sort of, (laughs) I love it. It's like the funnest thing I do. I love what I do. I, I love it so much. And I just hope I continue to get better and improve. And I also just love breaking stereotypes around food. And that's my favorite thing is to just create food that people are like, what? Like, yeah, you know, and I I think it's awesome. Yeah. And just to kind of loop back to Simon Sinek and the, the start with why, I mean, I think a lot of people in this industry, they open up the restaurant this restaurant and they usually just have like this quote unquote concept. I don't yeah. really, I'm not a huge fan of that word concept because people think they can just, yeah, it's just, they just think of this thing and they just think of the, Oh, well, I'll just, this is my concept. It's going to be a burger restaurant that has, you know, uh, ping ball themes. I, I don't know, like, wh- like arcades or whatever. People just get so crazy and just think of this thing, but it has nothing to do with who they are and what they're connected right. with. But right. you, your restaurant isn't a concept. It's an extension of who you are. And the purpose of your concept is is your the purpose of your restaurant is so directly tied to what you believe in how you like how you want to help people. Speak to the, the the value in that. Well, I think there's a huge value in that. I think that a lot of people, everyone wants to fantasize about opening a restaurant for whatever reason. People love the idea of of opening a restaurant. And I think I've learned throughout the years that you can't just open any old restaurant. Like there has to be something that distinguishes you in the field, Mm. whether it's a pizza restaurant. I mean, I live in Boulder. I mean, I can't tell you how many like artisan pizza restaurants there are so many. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel like for me, I really just wanted to, I wanted to make a difference. I wanted to make a difference in the business model. Um, We're very locally sourced. I wanted to make a difference in, the health and wellness 
field and part of quick service restaurants is starting to merge. You're seeing a lot of concepts like Life Kitchen and other things that are really people who are really starting to realize that health and wellness in restaurants is not a crazy idea. And yeah, I I just think it's really important to just be true to whatever it is that you're trying to do. Yeah. And when you open a restaurant that's so directly to tie to who you are and what you believe, it becomes more than just a job. It's an extension of who you are. It makes going to work every day so much easier when it's just so behind. It's just literally like, I don't know, what's the word I'm looking for? Like if you could manifest or what's the word? Help me out, Chris. Yeah, manifest. Yes. If you can manifest your restaurant um, in just your actions and what you do, it just makes you know, the whole, it's not easy. We all know it's not easy. There's a lot of blood, sweat and tears that goes into it. But when it's just such an extension of who you are, I just feel like it's so much easier. Well, it's so much easier for sure, because then you're not, I feel like for me, then it's really easy to stay true, you know, Mm -hmm. to my vision because I have a very concise vision. And so it's easy to, for other places and other restaurants to become diluted or not really know who they are, not know what their brand is, not know what their message is Mm -hmm. and, or, or to get lost in all of the other minutia and they forget the guiding principles. Um, and for us, that's, it, it's not even an option, um, to get like sidetracked in that way because we have such a narrow, um, criteria for the type of food that we make. Um, but it also attracts incredible employees who are super passionate too. Like they're in the cause to have and serve great, natural, healthy food. They're in the cause to break the stereotypes around food and restaurants. And yeah, and I, I think we're going to dive into that a little bit more when we talk about how to retain your staff and all the yeah. importance in that role has. But uh, I just want to talk a little bit more before we move on. I could literally talk about visioning and starting with why all day, and I have to have some self-control here to move on. Um, you mentioned your one of your it factors is constantly learning and growing. Speak quickly to that, please. Well, I think, you know, knowing that I always wanted to open a restaurant and be moving towards that, and then getting a health diagnosis that, you know, conventional wisdom would have me at this point in time in a wheelchair or blind or both. And so it's really easy for me to, to like give up on that dream and feel like, well, maybe that's not going to happen. Maybe all dreams are not supposed to come true. And, but then I realized that, yeah, you have to have perseverance and that there's the only thing that's stopping you is yourself. Mm. And so I just keep on going, you know, I love it. I I really do. And it's, there's so much, uh, weight, behind that and just uh i mean you said it all i don't have to add on to it um can you think of a story christine where one of these if factors whether it's your ability to vision and just hold true to your purpose in life or just your ability to grow and learn constantly where one of these if factors really shown through in a story and bring us through that story well i think for sure just the process of opening a restaurant Mm -hmm. you know um it's so it's such a long process, you know, between business plan and fundraising and location and doing market research and making sure you're getting the right location and oh my gosh, the contacts and marketing and promoting it. And now there's so much more than there was, let's say, twenty years ago with social media and all of that type of stuff. Um, there's so much work that goes into it to even before you even open. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of times when you can doubt 
you know, gosh, do I have what it takes? Or is anybody going to come to the restaurant? Am I going to be successful? Is anyone going to like the food? People think I'm crazy, you know? Um, and how do you just continue to have the strength to just keep on going because you know that the restaurant is the right thing to do? How did you continue to have the strength? Because I just, I knew that if I didn't do it, I would regret it. Mm. I knew that I've, I've been really lucky to be super successful in the food industry from the first night as the hostess with the mostest. <laughs> uh, I've had a very wonderful career and I knew that this, this was it. I mean, I'm, I'm not getting any younger and it's just, it was just time. It was time for me to do it. And I would regret never having tried. Awesome. Well, I'm happy you did try. Your story is great and we can all learn a lot from you, but now you got to take us on a story, Christine, where you just fell hard on your part of my language ass, how you learned from this failure and how you got back up. How are you different today because of it? Oh, gosh. Well, <laughs> I think, like, there's lots of small failures, you know, and lots of things that you learn along the way. And I think that the hard part is to just, oh, my gosh, I make so many mistakes all the time. And I think the goal is to just continue to learn from your mistakes and self-correct as fast as, fast as you can. I mean, even opening the restaurant the first year, so many mistakes. I mean, so many silly, stupid mistakes, like not having the right bookkeeper, not fully understanding certain uh, financial elements, even though I can rock a profit and loss statement. Do you understand all of the other financial tools? Um, do you do you have a, all, all of those other like support that you need to execute a great restaurant? The food... And the service and location is not enough. I mean, that's... Get specific, Christine. Tell me a specific time where, like, one example of a lesson we can all learn from, a failure you had that you can share with us to help us from making that same failure. I had the wrong bookkeeper. (laughs) (laughs) I had the wrong bookkeeper, and she didn't keep up on my taxes, and I didn't fully understand that things were going... We were so busy right out the gate. Mm -hmm. I could never have anticipated how busy we were, and I was frantically general manager, executive chef, and wow. business owner, and a lot to just trying to hold it all together. And then all of a sudden, I owe all these back taxes and oh, not really understanding the sheer amount of money that you need. You need so much more money than you think you do. Oh, yeah. And more like twice as much money as any financial model you could put together that seems very conservative. So you, you yeah. learned your lesson. You you got rid of this bookkeeper. How how did you evolve? What did you do different the second time around? Oh well, yeah, I get a good be- good good bookkeeper who really can manage cash flow mm-hmm. and on a daily basis and just be. I I mean, like I said, failure is not an option for me. So just self correct as fast as you can. Yeah. And I could have it, it could have put me out of business for sure. Mm-hmm. And um, but thankfully it didn't. We had, we were able to put more money into the business. I was able to pay my taxes, but any other restaurant, it definitely would have closed. It would have closed my doors. I've almost closed a couple of times. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm happy to hear things are going good for you still with all these uh, hurdles you've overcome. And I think that is the biggest takeaway is just to learn and then self-correct. You know, take these failures as learning opportunities, examine them. And what can I do different? What can I take from this experience to make sure it never happens again? I think you're a great example of that. Yes. All right. 
Christine, you've crushed the first half of this episode. Are you ready to drop some restaurant bombs of knowledge on us now in the speed round? Sure. (laughs) Yes, let's do it. The first question I have for you is, what is your advice for getting the capital to get started in a restaurant? Uh, I think you need to be creative. Uh, You know, obviously it's hard to get a loan and it's hard to find investors, especially if you have a new concept that's sort of unproven and nobody knows who the heck you are. If you're entering a crowded concept um, realm and, or even, or even a concept like mine, which is sort of unheard of and very emerging, um, I think you have to get creative with funding. We started a community, uh, we have a CSR model, which is a community supported restaurant. It's modeled after CSA, like um, a community supported agriculture where you buy a farm share and then you get produce over the growing season in return. So we offer, uh, we have a CSR. So once a year, um, people can buy into the restaurant and give us capital. And then we repay you in food over the period of the year. So that was amazing because it was a great marketing thing. It was great to build this like consistent customer base because they're bringing people in. It was great to give us capital to use right away. How much capital were people giving you? Like how much were you asking? Uh, well, so we've done it. We did it when we opened and I did it as a, as a kind of a lark, uh, to sort of show proof of concept Mm -hmm. that if I could prove that all of these people wanted this restaurant and, and by way of donating 250, $500, a $1,000, then I would be able to prove that this, this was a concept that the people wanted. And this is the type of food people were looking for. Um, and then I did it again on my one year anniversary and the end, we're going to be two years at the end of August and we're going to do it again. But so far I've raised $75,000. Wow. And I think that's just a huge testament to what happens when you get creative and you don't say, I can't do this. But instead of saying, I can't, you say, how can and you start how asking yourself how, and there's so yeah. much power in that. And like, I, like, that's something I've never heard of before. A community support re- or uh, say community support restaurant. Is that what you're calling yeah, it? Community supported restaurant. Um, yeah. That, that's such an incredible idea. There's just so many opportunities and so many ways you can get people to get behind you. If you start with why get that good reason, get people that resonate with the reasons and just ask how. So yeah. great. Awesome yeah. stuff. So the next question I have with the, for you, Christine is what advice do you have for hiring good people what are you looking for? What questions are you asking? Where are you looking? Give us some uh, bombs of knowledge on that. I think those who have a passion for service and doing the right thing. I mean, that's definitely one of my big mantras is to do the right thing. And you can see that a lot in, in employees. I, I live in Boulder, so I have a lot of college students. And a lot of them, you can just tell. I mean, they're involved in philanthropy. They're involved in their community. Um, so are you yeah. asking questions about extracurriculars? Like, are you digging for this information or is it just Absolutely. on the surface? Um, yeah, I'm definitely digging for it, but it is also on the surface too. I mean, do they have just like old fashioned manners? Do they have good eye contact mm-hmm. or are articulate? Mm-hmm. Um, can they give you examples of a time that they went above and beyond, um, what was expected of them? Mm-hmm. Um, I guess those are some of the things that I look for when I, when I hire people. Awesome. I love it. And when you find these people who have that, you know, desire to serve and just are into doing the right thing. How do you keep these people on your team? What's your secret for just that employee retainment? Well, I'm super passionate about servant leadership. Um, and that really guides just about every decision I make 
with regards to anybody who works for me or works with me as a business partnership. Can you uh, define servant leadership just for the people who don't yeah, know? Yeah. Yeah. Servant leadership is awesome. Um, it is, it is the, the leader as servant. So I am here to serve mm-hmm. my employees and the better, I, if I treat my employees like a guest and like the best guest ever, then my employees treat our guests in the best way ever. Mm. It's sort of a trickle down effect. And so I give my employees like the dream schedule. I pay them well. I show appreciation every day. I also believe in empowering your employees to make change and affect change. Um, I think that it's really important to empower them to, to grow and give them opportunities to grow, whether it's being cross-trained or, more responsibility. Um, and then I also really believe in a bottom, uh, like an upside down tier, kind of like total quality management where the employees are at the top of the triangle. The triangle is inverted, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the management is at the bottom. And I think last I, I say to my employees every day that their job is more important than my job. Mm-hmm. Because if I don't come to work one day, the place doesn't fall apart. But if my dishwasher doesn't come to work, well, then the whole restaurant can come to a stop, you know? Mm. So um, I think for my employees to really believe that I believe that their job is more important than my job. I couldn't agree more. And, you know, I think the one way to look at it is, uh, like, how do I say this without saying exactly what you just said? Uh, It's so powerful. I I agree with you 100%. But I think we have to feed into those higher needs. And you kind of mentioned it earlier with your why. You started with your why. And um, when people are a part of something like that's greater than just a paycheck, they're yeah. going to show up every day. And when you start with why and you have the reasons for why you exist, why your restaurant exists, people can get on board with that. And it becomes yeah. more. And when you, like you say, you, you mentioned you give them the empower, you empower them. And that just feeds into their higher needs. And um, if you're good to people, if you serve them, they're not going to screw you over. You well, know, for sure. And I also think the, the employees are, um, have a lot of fun because they're kind of on the front line mm-hmm. of customer appreciation oh, yeah. and every day, because we have such unique food and we are really serving, um, a community of people who, not just people who love food and making great, amazing food, but also really specific needs for people. And our employees here every day from customers like, Oh, I love this place. Thank you so much for opening Really, you can make something without garlic. Really, you can make something without pepper. Like, really, I have, like, a list of 15 food allergies. You can really – you'll make something just for me. Mm-hmm. Um, really, this entire restaurant's gluten-free. I, I just – and that, it feeds the employees. You know, they get so excited by the customer's excitement. Oh, yeah. I bet. And that's fun, too. And I, one thing I just want to add before we move on to the next question – all the time you hear in this industry, it's so hard to find good people. And, you know, it's not it's not me. It's the industry. It's just the industry we're in. But so often I feel like people, they just they blame it on the industry and they don't really take ownership of who they are. Am I being the best I can be to keep people on my team? Is the problem with the people I'm finding or is the problem with me? And right. so many people are afraid to, you know, swallow that frog, <laughs> like, that it is you. And they blame it, it is on you. Us. Well, and I, I think that the restaurant industry has a poor reputation for retaining people because there's a lack of leadership mm -hmm. in a lot of restaurants and a lack of, of how to, you know, people say, oh, you know, you have such a high turnover rate. Well, not really. 
most everybody has been with me. All my core people have been with me since I opened and they haven't left, especially people in my kitchen. Mm-hmm. 90% of my kitchen staff has been with me since we opened. Um, but as far as the front of the house, it is a turnover because it should be a turnover. They're in college. Yeah. Um, they're moving on to do amazing things like go work for a nonprofit in Nicaragua. Oh, man. Um, and so my job is to just love them, support them for this transition and where they are in their life and teach them really great skills, um, whether it's how to properly sweep a floor, uh, to how to greet a customer and look them in the eye and, and be, um, authentic. Um, and then, and then when it's time for them to go, it, it's time for them to go. But I've never had a problem finding good people or retaining good people. I think it's about the leadership and the management style that you, that you keep in the restaurant. Absolutely. We don't have to talk about this anymore. You just nailed it. Thank you. Great stuff there. So the next question I have for you, Christine, is uh, what's one resource, like one book, if you can't think of a book, maybe a magazine or a website that is just a must read for anybody who wants to do great things in this industry? Well, I think that if you want to do great things and you want to break out of the stereotype and the mold of conventional restaurant management, and if you're into servant leadership like I am, then you have to be into Zingerman's, you have to be into Ari, you have to get, you know, managing yourself, uh, the building a great business, um, great, being a great leader, all of those books by um, Ari are amazing. They're oh, yeah. They're like my Bibles. Oh, man. I had the privilege of meeting Ari Wineswagon, believe it or not, in Boulder, Colorado. Oh, seriously. Um, at the Chef's Collaborative meeting. Were you there? The I was Chef's... there. Yeah, I was there. Did Were you, you go at... to one of those breakouts? I was at Ari's breakout. I was sitting in the I was at Ari's seat. breakout. Oh, man. That's such a funny, small that's world. That's so funny, small I world. Love... <laughs> yeah, I was there. And I, um, his speech was amazing. Or uh-huh. Just his philosophy and just... Being around this guy, he's just so himself, and he's just yeah. so authentic in what he says Love and everything him. he does. Yeah. His books are awesome. I picked up his book that day, and I I, I've been a fan ever since. He's yeah, been a guest on the show. He's awesome. Inspiration. <laughs> yeah, but just the power of visioning is so important. He, and the, his books are so easy to read because they're not – like you don't have to read through the whole thing. You can pick it up and like read a chapter and take something away. Um, yeah, and I'll have sure. – I'll have the links to his books in the show notes if you haven't checked them out yet. Um, what's one just like nugget from Ari you want to share with us and why you have to study his his work? Uh, yeah, it's, it goes back to servant leadership. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to treating your employees like kings mm-hmm. and um, and queens. And, and if you do that and you honor them and also listening, talk less, listen more. Mm-hmm. And you learn so much by just shutting your mouth. Yeah. And Stephen R. Covey, I believe, said, um, uh, oh, man, you know the seven habits of highly affected people? Yes. What's that one habit? It's like uh, first seek to understand, then seek to be understood. Is that it? So powerful. And that's the power of listening. Sometimes we just make uh, judgments or we we don't fully understand the situation. But if we listen and understand, we can just make so much better uh, decisions and awesome stuff. Moving on, you're killing it today, Christine. Thank you. Uh, what's one piece of advice for marketing? If you could just drop one on us. Um, you need to, I think in-house always treating the guest like, right. The customer is always right. I have a long background with the Ritz Carlton, um, hotel company. And, um, that was really formative for my, for my service standards and uh, the customer is always right. I'm never afraid to comp a meal um, in-house. And then 
as far as marketing, be involved in the community. Any opportunity to be involved in a community event, a fundraiser um, at all, you should never pass up. Mm -hmm. And having a good marketing person that can effectively keep on message with your brand through all of the media and marketing channels that are out there from social media to digital media, in-house marketing, everything should be, your brand should be, uh, your brand message should be consistent and having somebody who really knows how to do that. So where would you suggest we find somebody that can help us with that? I think it just depends on what your budget is. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, at, at the beginning of us having a restaurant, um, it was an intern who was a marketing intern um, who was majoring in, in marketing at CU or getting their master's in marketing. Um, and and then you move into having more money and, and then it's good because then if your restaurant's growing and you know your customers a little bit more, you know what the brand needs, you know what your identity is that you're creating, um, and then you can hire probably, yeah, you're hiring a marketing manager. Yeah, absolutely. And the whole, like, your advice about uh, marketing in-house, making sure things are taken care of in-house and right outside your front doors in your community, being involved with community events, that's the 80-20 principle, basically. I think it's a Pareto's principle where – 20% of your work, your effort is going to yield 80% of your outcome. And yeah. it's those the 80% of your profit, but it's those people that are right there that are going to be your best customers. Yeah, your best it, guests. It, it, it's better to market to your existing customers and continuing to make them happy. Absolutely. And the best way to, to do new yeah. customers. And the you best know? way to do it is when they're right in front of you and you have that opportunity to shine and to exceed yeah. expectations. I love it. So let's talk a little bit about technology. This industry is changing faster than ever before. So many new technologies are coming out that can help us be more efficient, more effective, more productive, more profitable. Are there any technologies, Christine, that you're using in your restaurant, whether it's front of house or back of house, that you've seen great return on investment and just a great impact on your operations that you can share with us? Yeah, I think I have a couple. I mean, at the startup phase, for sure, especially if you're an uh, absolute beginning new restaurant, um, one of the biggest things is creating all of the systems because you're creating every system from scratch. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I loved restaurantowner.com as a website. They have so many um, downloads um, and good systems that you can use as a template uh, and to create success. So that's been very successful for me at the beginning. QuickBooks Online, love that because my bookkeeper, my accountant, and me can all be looking at the same thing, and none of us even have to be sharing the computer in the, in the cramped, stuffy restaurant office. Mm. So I love that. And then Google Calendar, uh, all my management team and my marketing manager, all of us share a calendar, content calendar, and um, that's been really effective to keep us all on on the same page, you know, literally. Awesome. Yeah. Um, all those are great resources. Restaurantowner.com. Jim Lab, the founder, has been on the show. Incredible guy. Awesome resources there. Yeah, really good. Uh, and I love how you mentioned Google Calendar. And one thing, I mean, the Google platform in general is amazing. Uh, yeah. I'm leveraging Google right now to host all of our operations, manuals, systems, processes, procedures, right on Google Drive and Google Docs. So yeah. if you're like one of these things with systems, especially if you're new and you're just getting started, is they're constantly changing. Constantly and, changing. Yeah. And with Google Docs, you can delegate to your staff 
you know, like empower them to make the changes. And no matter, as long as you give people access to the document, you can always be changing your systems to improve. Yeah. Our systems are on Google. It's so powerful. So yeah. powerful. Um, yeah, I love it. All of our recipes, our inventory, our pricing, oh, our yeah. costing, schedule, uh, every everything's on on Google. Yeah, <laughs> if you if you have any questions, if you're listening to this and you want to use Google um, to learn like this, the tools that are on Google, shoot me an email, Eric at restaurantstoppable.com. So I'd love to make some suggestions and help you with that. Thank you for mentioning those so much, Christine. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Uh, um, all right, moving on to the next question, Christine. Um, what is one piece of business advice if you could travel back in time, Christine, and go back? To that version of yourself, you're 19 years old, you're sitting down at the bar, you're having a glass of wine. If you could walk up to that person and say, here's one piece of business advice, what would it be and why? Um, just that it takes a lot. It takes a lot more work than you think it does. I mean, I think everyone recognizes that it's a hard job and it takes a lot of work, but it takes a lot of preparation mm. and you can't be overly prepared to open a restaurant. That's for sure. I love it. Great stuff. And if there is one question, Christine, I could have asked you that you think would have added more value to this interview, what would it have been? I think it'd be interesting to know like what the culmination of everybody's career, how, how it has shaped who they are today and where they're at today, but, but not just where they are, but who they are, how, how has the challenges and the opportunities shaped them as a person? Christine, how has your career shaped who you are today? I think I think I'm really grateful, mm. um, and I'm really excited, and I'm really blessed that I have been able to have a long, successful career, and I'm so grateful that I get to do something so fun every day. But I think I'm I think I'm a way better listener and leader um, today than, than I've ever been. I don't think I could have opened a restaurant 20 years ago and I wouldn't have been as successful. I love that you finish this episode on the topic of gratitude because I think so often in this industry, we can get so stressed out and so just under it all. And when we just stop to think about what we have accomplished, what we're grateful for, um, we're living our dream. And I think sometimes people forget that and, it, just to take a moment every day to like be grateful for what you are doing and who you have become, it can be so powerful. Well, yeah, I mean, and the thing is, is it is hard, but it's supposed to be hard. Mm-hmm. If it would, if it was easy, everybody would do it. Exactly. And so I can't complain about the challenges because that's that's what I love. That's what I thrive on is the challenges. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, you have to have that mentality that you're you're thriving on the challenge and not not burdened by the challenge. Christine Rook, you have been amazing today. Uh, we're going to wrap up now. We wrap up every episode by having you call somebody out. Who's one indie restaurant professional you admire? Maybe somebody who's been a mentor to you or somebody in your community that you just think would make an incredible guest mentor on the show. I think you should call Eric Skoken. Um, you know, he owns the Black Cat and Bramble and Hare. He has his own farm. Uh, probably... I don't know. I, I might be conservative to say 80% of everything he makes is comes from his farm, mm. um, even in the middle of winter. And he is at the farmer's market every Saturday talking to customers. He has a farm stand 
I mean, he's just amazing how um, dedicated he is to the farm-to-table movement and ethical sourcing of meat. And um, and he grows everything and crafts everything personally. And he's a real inspiration. Uh, first name was Eric. Last name was... Stoken. It's uh, S-K-O-K-A-N. Eric Stoken. Or Skoken. Look out. Yeah. I am coming after you, man. I'd uh, <laughs> love to get you on the show. And uh, I guess we'll wrap up. The last thing we need to do is just uh, let the folks at home know how they connect with can connect with you if they want to maybe come work for you out in Boulder, Colorado. I can't talk. Let me. This is why I love editing. The last <laughs> <laughs> the last thing we're gonna do, Christine, is just let the folks at home know how they can connect with you if they want to come out to Boulder, Colorado, maybe work for you, or maybe just want to pick up the conversation. Um, maybe they want to pick your brain for a few more things. What's the best way to connect? Yeah, email. I'm great on email. Christine, yeah, Christine at freshtimeseatery.com. All right, beautiful. I'll have that email in the link. I'll have the link to your uh, restaurant in the show notes. Just go to Christine Rook, and that is Rook, R-U-C-H. And yes. uh, awesome. You've been so incredible, Christine. Thank you so much uh, for asking me to be on the show. It's a big honor. It was my pleasure, and we've learned so much. It was definitely a, a good call to have you on this show. Uh, I mean, there's no questioning. You are unstoppable. Thank you. Cheers. All right. Another awesome episode wrapped up here at Restaurant Unstoppable. Some of the things that just stuck out to me. I mean, clearly the first thing was just... Christine's overwhelming sense of purpose and clear vision of why she exists. And everything she does, she knows she's doing it for a reason. Her guests know why she's there. Like, it's so powerful to have a clear vision and a clear understanding of your why, of your definite purpose in life. And I think Christine is just such an incredible, shining example of that. So... Wow, am I pumped to have her on the show to make an example of why knowing why is so crucial. And I think it's so funny because I didn't know she was going to quote Simon Sinek. And it was because of the, the influence that Simon Sinek's book had on me that made my, my gut instinct just to say, hey, this, this girl's awesome. Let's get her on the show. And look what happened. So funny. So ironic. Um, small world. Uh, sitting probably five feet away from her during Ari Weinswag's uh, speech over in Boulder, Colorado during the Chef's Collaborative Summit. Um, just a funny world. Really a lot of great things happening in this episode. Alright, uh, you guys have more important things to do than to listen to me uh, just chat away. So, like always, please remember to head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash books and tools to find a complete list of all the books and services and tools that are mentioned on the show. That's my way of serving you guys, is to funnel all this information, to find out what works, put it in one spot so you can leverage these things today. Uh, don't be afraid to shoot me an email, eric at restaurantunstoppable.com. If you can think of a restaurant professional you think I should have on the show, or if you just want to uh, discuss a topic. I'll get an expert on the show. I'll do everything humanly possible to dive into that topic for you to uh, create this opportunity for us to learn together. All right, I'm babbling again. Until next time, peace out.